to share just kind of in an un unorthodox way this morning some stuff, scriptures, as we prepare to come to the Lord's table. At the end of the service today, we're going to sing one more song and we'll come and celebrate communion. And uh, if you don't have the elements right yet, during the song, the, the usher, if you'll raise your hand, the ushers will make sure that you're prepared. And I want to talk to you. Um, there's some powerful scripture passages. This is going to be a strong scriptural download, just a lot. We're basically just reading some scripture passages, and I'll make comments as the Lord leads. But the, when it, the subject is the source of light to win the fight against the darkest night. We're living in a dark season, and people are weary, and um, it seems to be getting darker. And so I want to talk to you about the source of light to win the fight against this darkness. Now, we are blessed people, right? We're blessed, but we also endure challenges. We go through spiritual warfare. We endure attacks, but we are overcomers. We're blessed, challenged, and just because you're challenged spiritually doesn't mean you're not blessed. But I want to deal with you this morning. I want to help you get an overcomer's mentality because we are overcomers. What does the word blessed mean? There are several definitions of blessed in the English language dictionary. The first is made holy. A person is blessed when they are made holy or consecrated. The second is when a person is endowed with divine favor and protection. How many of you want to be blessed like that? And the third one is this, bringing pleasure or relief as a welcome contrast to what one has previously experienced. Maybe you move from a season of not being blessed or enduring curses or consequences that are, that are hard to bear. And God brings you out of that into a place where he restores favor and he blesses you. The Greek definition of the word blessed comes from a word makarios, a believer in an enviable position for receiving God's provisions or favor. Now, how many of you know you are blessed? We are all blessed, all of us. We're sitting here in this room, most of us in our right mind, clothed in his righteousness, what he did on the cross has become our identity. Filled with his spirit and our eternal destination is heaven. I'd say we are indeed blessed. And I want you to exercise this with me. And I want you to just turn to somebody near you and I want you to tell them, you are blessed more than you realize it. Just turn and tell somebody. Say, yes, I received that. And so are you. Now, how many of you know we are people who are indeed blessed, but we're also challenged? We endure attacks, spiritual warfare. Um, we go through stuff, and we live in seasons of darkness, and it's inevitable. doesn't mean that we're not blessed when we go through warfare. So we're blessed, we deal with attacks that come out of nowhere, and sometimes they're almost overwhelming, but 
We are overcomers. We're up for it. We are made to be victorious over darkness. Sometimes the attacks come from seed that we've sown and those crops come up. Sometimes it's just spiritual attack. And sometimes God prunes us. And I don't like to be pruned. But Jesus said he prunes us when we are fruitful so that we'll be even more fruitful. And that it's to his Father's glory that we be very fruitful. But I don't like to be pruned. Um, I don't know if you follow on Instagram. If you don't, you should. The normal Pentecostal. Anybody follow that Instagram account? Now, don't go there now and like them or and, and search anything. But you, just this week, it was hilarious. There was a golden retriever. And it was a meme, a video meme. And it, and it was a golden retriever getting his nails clipped by his owner. And it said, this is me when God prunes me. And so he slowly, apparently they've done it many times. And so he, you know how golden retrievers like become like people. And he's like, and he pulls it up there. And the owner slowly brings the trimmers up to his nail. And as they get closer, he does this. And it's like he's out in the Holy Spirit, you know. And I thought, oh, that's me when God begins to prune me. And sometimes he prunes us. Sometimes, listen, he stretches you. He uses what the devil does in your life. He uses your own mistakes to stretch you, make, her, make you stronger, give you a greater dimension of faith. You know, um, I work out two, three times a week over at Lifetime, and I'm not working out right now to, like, get bigger or anything. I'm just working out to keep the skin on my biceps from, like, crinkling, you know. And uh, so y'all know the secret, wear medium shirts, right? And it just makes it look. But, um, and in the summer, my schedule's been off, and so I've been, like, once a week. Sometimes I'd miss, go a whole week. And it's just enough through the summer to, when you go in and you get a good workout in, you're sore, like sore. And I've learned that that's a good thing. Even when I'm getting two or three times inconsistently, in consistently, not inconsistently, that you need to push yourself. If I do the same weight, same reps, same amount of sets, I don't get stronger. And at my age, if you're not getting stronger, you're getting older. And the older you get, the harder you got to work. And I have come to understand this about working out. You do more weight than you can do. You do more sets and reps than you can do. You do enough to where you have to have a spotter. Or you'll be like I was a few years ago on my Daniel fast. And I lost and I had the bar down on my neck. And I had to call somebody to come help. Why do we do this? There's a, exercise science tells us, you know, no pain, no gain. And I want you to understand, this is spiritual science too. God will give you, he won't give you more than you can handle. 
But how many know he will give you your max load? And your max load is a lot more than you want. Why does he do all these things? He does it to stretch us, to build our faith, that we can be victorious over the powers of darkness. So when we know we're blessed and then we're challenged, we learn how to overcome. And I want us this morning to embrace that idea that we are truly overcomers. We were made for this. Now, I want to go to two passages of Scripture, and they're right next to each other. I don't have the first one on the screen, so if you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 11, or if you have a, a device, a tablet, or a smartphone where you can go. And I'm reading from the ESV. And we'll start in verse 32 of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. Now, everybody go there. Don't just sit there and act bored. Find you a Bible. Um, if you didn't bring one, you don't have a device, scoot up next to an A student and you can cheat this morning. We do this occasionally because we want people to be able to read from the scriptures. All right, Hebrews 11, verse 32. How many of you there? All right, great. How many of you are going there? How many of you by faith are there? How many of you are not there, you're not going, and you don't care? Because we're going to pray for you. All right, verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. Everybody know the first 30 verses is the great faith chapter. He mentions all the great heroes of the Old Testament. And so here he's talking about verse 33 people who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. Wow. Whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. Wow. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for who? Us. So that only together with us would they be made perfect. All right, so this is the setup for a passage of Scripture that Pretty much everybody in here knows really well. Hebrews chapter 12. And so it says, therefore, after all that we just read, these great heroes of the faith, tortured, persecuted, resurrected, and even the Bible says they didn't receive all that God had for them like we have. Who was missing? Jesus was. And so the next chapter opens up. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Look what we see here on the screen or in your Bible if you're reading from your Bible. Therefore, 
Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, or some translations say the thing that so easily entangles you, that habitual sin that it's a, it's a speed bump and it takes you out regularly. And then he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It's not a sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. How do we... How do we get delivered, for, everybody look, the things that so easily, continually trip us up? How do we run this long race with endurance? The writer says in the next verse, we do it by looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus. How many of you love Jesus? Like you really love Jesus. And you realize he's the star of this whole deal. The Bible is all about him, God's son, the indescribable gift from God, Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the, hand, at the, the right hand of the throne of God. Now everybody look here. When's the last time you were just enamored with the person of Jesus have you ever in your devotion just read over something and thought wow God you are so good you know like you're, you're overwhelmed at you know you're not just reading your, devo your devotions and checking off your reading through the Bible for that day and you just you just get caught up in wow what a savior the writer of Hebrews says, for us to run this race, for us to be able to, to truly be overcomers in seasons of great darkness like we're living in right now, we're going to have to look to Jesus. And you know, I believe that the story of your spiritual life, your ability to run the marathon, the Christian race, it is determined by how clearly you see Jesus, like born of a virgin, even before that, that he would leave heaven. We talked a little bit about this last week. Philippians 2 talks about it and says, you know, that God would send him and he would willingly leave heaven and come to the earth. I know you know this, but act like you haven't heard it in a long time. You know, that... Jesus, the Bible says that he emptied himself. And the Bible says in Philippians 2 that he took on the nature of a servant, not the position. He didn't like play the role of a servant, like look like one, but be God. And he was just kind of doing it. The Bible says he took on the very nature of a servant. He was still God. The Bible says he made himself nothing. I said last week, I've said this many times, that's the greatest miracle in the Bible. God came and made, he, only he could, he made himself nothing and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself and God exalted him. Have you, have you considered Jesus in a while? I think we have so many like peripheral things in church life. We have so many distractions. Even now, 
you know, politics and race and all, all, all kinds of things can just sneak in and, and rob us of the, the bullseye of the Bible, the bullseye of our faith. And that is coming to see Jesus. And I can't, I can't do him justice. I can't put him into words. This is why Paul said, I pray that you'll have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can understand the glorious inheritance you have in Christ Jesus. I mean, he was amazing. In John 4, he said, I need to go through Samaria. No, you didn't. Yeah, he did. Why? There's a woman who's had five husbands and she's sleeping with a sixth man. She's broken. Jesus said, I got to go out of my way. I have to go through Samaria. And he changed her life. You know, he's on the boat with the disciples. And they're in a storm and he's sleeping. You ever had God do that? You know it's a setup. He's sleeping and they say, like we would, just immaturely, they say, doesn't he even care? Wake him up. And he wakes up and they go, don't you know we're about to die? And Jesus wakes up and he says, peace, be still. And the storm stops and the, the disciples go, what kind of man is this? And that's not giving us something to say in Sunday school or for Pastor Chuck to preach. That's a, that's a group of disciples. They've been up close to him for a couple years now. And they're going, we thought we knew him. We ain't seen that. What, what manner of man, the old King James said, what, what manner of man is this? You know, I think the American church, I always speak to the American church, we need a revival of getting churchianity, religiosity, all the peripheral stuff, all the stuff that distracts. And it can be good stuff, like life skills, how to build a family, marriage, Dave Ramsey stuff. And I'm not against any of that. I like that guy, especially his last name. You know, I, I'd like to have his money. I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm just saying all that's good, but it's not great. I, don't, I think preachers, pastors, Christians, we've underestimated, overlooked, taken Jesus for granted. And I want to say this morning, you know, like John the Baptist, behold, that's not a, again, we're going through, uh, here's the Messiah, we need to give John something to write in the Gospel of John, behold, no, that is John, whose job was to be the forerunner, prepare the way, that's John going, behold, people, behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Y'all have heard that. You're inoculated by it. Imagine if you were there. People had brought lambs for hundreds of years to the temple and sacrificed them. But now John is saying, God is bringing his lamb. Behold, the lamb of God who takes, will not have to bring any more lambs because God is bringing a perfect spotless lamb who gets offered up on Calvary's tree. He's buried. He, three days later, he's, have you taken a look at Jesus? 
Forgive us, pastors, for being religious and corporate and storyteller and all this stuff that gets in the way. And may we just, as Christian people, have a fresh picture that God came to earth in a barn through a virgin. How do we get rid of the stuff that's so easily... How do we make it through the challenges, the warfare, the pruning? How do we run the race of September 4, 2022? The darkness when we see our leader with the backdrop that he had this week. And we see it. It's slowly getting darker and darker and darker and darker. How do we survive it? We look to Jesus who was placed in a cold, dark tomb. And on Resurrection Sunday, God resurrected. And he has the audacity to say the same power that brought him up is alive here this morning in our lives. That same power is working in us. How do we overcome it? Through these things. Now... Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2, I started. We're going to come back to that. But I want to I focus in just for a couple minutes on, let's take a look at Jesus. I, I could go all through scripture. I just picked out a few passages. If you're here this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear. And give us eyes to see the beauty, the splendor, the, the majesty of the treasure of Jesus. Oh, God. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that our hearts would fall in love with him again. We'd be enamored, caught away, lost in the richness of Emmanuel, the son of David. Now, so we're in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Look what Hebrews, how Hebrews writes, how it, the whole book begins. Hebrews 1. First three verses, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And look what it says. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. I'm reading through every other year. I read the New Testament through four times. I'm behind a little bit, but by faith, I'm going to catch up. But even just this week, a verse that, I, that, that just, it jumps off the page at me. And I saw it a couple years ago, but every time I see it, Mark chapter 7, see if this strikes you. It didn't strike the early service that much, but you're brighter than them. You're much more spiritually mature than them. Um, did I just say that? NIV, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of, he entered a house and he did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. Do you see that? He's just been ministering. He needs a break. He goes into this house. And he wants to not be noticed. And even he, God, the Son, he can't keep his presence a secret. 
Could we have Jesus be so present among us that he can't keep his presence at Restoration Church a secret? Y'all are not out there. Um, this isn't religious stuff. This is the way God works. When Jesus comes, every song we sang this morning, Shelly picked some winners, not knowing what I was preaching. You know, oh, praise the name. Oh, God, open up the heavens. Show us your glory. May we be a worshiping church that adores not worship music. We don't worship worship. We worship Jesus. And may his glory, his presence transform us. And may what he's doing in this place, and may it happen at every church, that he's showing up there in that church. I think that's a little bit of what's happening here. We're not fancy. I'm not polished. We don't do slick. And we don't have a parking lot. And I'm, I'm not trying to be cute again. We're North Atlanta. We don't go through inconvenience on a holiday weekend. Y'all blow me away. It's rainy. And here we are. Why is that? I hope it's because of what I'm preaching, that Jesus is showing up. And I hope that we get addicted to his presence. I hope that we go, the more he shows up, the more we love him. The more he comes, the more we worship. We raise the passion level. We raise the volume level. And look around at this place. These people's faces are glowing. Why? Because they've been transfixed, as that song says, by his glory, by his face. And listen, before you go, man, Pastor Chuck, you should try the decaf on the weekends. Hear me. That's how it works. It's, it's, we've complicated it, and it's simple. We worship Jesus as the king. We enthrone him by worshiping him, and he literally comes. We're a vertical church. We don't do slick. May our marketing never be as good as the product. What's the product? His glory. Marketing could never do that justice. Some of you have been in churches for years, and you've, you've gone through religious experiences, and you're devout, but you have not yet been touched by his glory. And something's happening here. And we're getting ready to see an increase of God's glory. I just know it. Because this is a, I was joking with the drummer, this is a contagious place. I don't have time to go back and tell you, mate, of 2020, the prophetic word that came with about 150 people in this room. You remember, God said, I'm getting ready to make this church irresistible. And I'm going to do things that are going to draw people by the hundreds, and it's going to be a like-minded group. And a like-minded group is going to increase the hunger and the desire. And what's happening around here is, you know, to, hear me, a couple, tomorrow will be two weeks ago, I told the staff, for some reason, I find this interesting, that, that there are a lot of people with special needs, adult children or older children, finding our church. Breaks my heart to hear that some of them have kind of been asked to go out in the lobby and not be, we're on TV and certain things. It'd it break your heart. It's incredible to think that. 
The place they need to be is in the sanctuary where God is moving. I know he moves in the lobby too, but you get my point. And I said, the number of them is growing. And I said, I just have a vision. There's probably going to be a section one day for people in wheelchairs. And we're going to see some of them get up out of their wheelchairs because God is going to touch them. Come on, if you believe that, for his sake, for his glory, let it be, Lord, come on. So that he couldn't keep his presence a secret. John 14, this is a real deal for people who follow the Lord. Look what happened to one of the disciples. You know the John 14 passage where Jesus threaded every funeral. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. Where I'm going, you can come also. And you know where I'm going. And Philip goes, we don't know where, where are you going? And, and Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. If you know me, then you know the way, the truth, and life. Verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. If we could just see the Father, we could trust when you're gone. And it is enough for us. Verse 9, Jesus said, and this is something you need to ask yourself. Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? You know, is our church, do we know Jesus? Have you recently in your devotion been moved by the beauty and the the purity of Jesus, the reality of Jesus? Jesus later in that same passage, he goes, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only say what he tells me to say. I only do what he tells me to do. And then the classic passage in John chapter 1, we're still in reference to Hebrews 12 too. Looking unto Jesus. Look what John 1 says. In the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Capital W here. This is, John is referring to Jesus. Everybody look here. What does it mean? I heard that as a kid growing up. It, Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And everything that was made was made by the Word. Anything that was made that was not made was not made by the Word. There's, there's really profound stuff I could preach for a month just on that. And what it is is God saying Jesus came and His life said to planet Earth everything I want to say. He is the Word. And look what it says. Verse 2, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him, look, was what? Life. And the life, that life in Him was the light of men. How many of you know we need light? Why? Because we were living in a fallen, dark world. This is a beautiful picture said, in him was life, not death. Are you alive spiritually? And that life is the light for all men. When I live the light, or when Jesus, as Pastor Mike Atkins, when he lives his life through me, people walking in darkness see the great light, and they know how to live. Look what it says, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness And the darkness has not overcome it. Brothers and sisters, I'm not going to get down and dirty this morning. It's a holiday weekend. you got hot dogs and hamburgers and football and baseball to watch. But I want to tell you something. The darkness as of September 4th, 2022, and all the craziness going on, 
is getting darker and crazier and more and more evil. There is an agenda. There's always been one. We are seeing Revelations 12. Satan knows that his days are numbered. He saved his greatest fury for this hour. And let me tell you something. He's still a loser. We are overcomers. We are, the darkness has never snuffed out the light of the life of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that like you really are clapping, you ought to lift up a shout. You ought to thank God. Come on. It will not, has not, never will overcome the light that we have. Now, going back, coming in for a landing. Hebrews chapter 12. Going back to that passage. Verse 3. So when we look to Jesus, what do we see? He says, consider him who, first thing we see, endured from sinners such hostility at himself. Jesus went through persecution. He teaches us, we will too. If they persecuted the prophets and me, he said to his disciples, don't think you're getting off scot-free. So when you look to Jesus, how do you run the race and endure it? Look to Jesus and understand, uh, persecution's part of the deal. And he says, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And I just speak to everybody in this post-COVID, all the issues that we're facing on planet Earth. May the people of God in this room not become weary or faint-hearted. May the people in this room have a clear picture of Jesus. And may the people in this room go, we're blessed, we're challenged, but we are overcomers. Now look at the next thing, verse 5. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises. He, he reproves, rebukes severely is what the word chastise means. He does that to every son, and that's generic. Women, y'all are in on this too. Thank God for it. He, he chastises every son and daughter whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons, as his children. How many of you are like, I, I, don't, I don't receive that? <laughs> There's no way around it. And he says, it, he loves you. Look what he says next. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. There it is again. Remember, first definition for holiness is, I mean, for to be blessed, I read it earlier, is to be made holy, to be consecrated. And there it is. He disciplines us so that we can share in his holiness. Everybody look here. This would take 15 minutes to give you this. Con- Holiness is not no makeup, no jewelry, long sleeves. That's not what holiness is. Holiness is to not be a fraction. To not, it's to be whole, an integer. To say, I have all that I need. God is holy 
satisfying to me. And in him I live and move and have my being. And that's what it is. When he disciplines us, he stretches us and makes us holy. Nor, um, I'm sorry, verse 11. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Boy, howdy. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained for it or by it. Verse 12, the last one. Therefore, y'all listening? Y'all listening? Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame, you don't want to be lame, do you? What is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Don't stand there with your arms closed, folded, hands in your pocket like you're too cool for God. He's, he's raising you like a son. He's a father. And at some point in your life, you're going to have to go, pick me up, Daddy. I need help. You know, and, and otherwise, those arms that you're not, that you got folded, life, darkness, challenges, attack, they're going to knock those arms out of your shoulder socket. And he's saying here, go ahead. He's disciplining you. Are y'all like, this is getting heavy right here for a holiday. I didn't, I didn't do this in the first service. They didn't need it. But everybody getting what I'm, this is the word of God. This is, this is, this is scripture. Now, I'm going to end right there because I feel like I beat y'all up enough. Anybody getting anything? God speaking to anybody? Okay, good. Um, now, I want to come to a close right here. And everybody look at me. I know because I'm getting a lot of texts, emails, appointments. We are undergoing, it seems like, a special season of challenge. People in this church are being attacked. From the top all the way through. Staff, Candace, me. This has been a tough stretch. And... Um, but you don't just get to grow from glory to glory. You know, the old saying is, hear me, new level, new devil. You don't just, hey, the church is growing, let's add 100 parking spots without attack and spiritual warfare and frustration. But you can't lose it. You go, okay, God. I'm, key, I'm looking to Jesus. What did he do? So you go, I want to be an olive branch. I want to treat contractors with respect. When it doesn't come natural. But I'm looking to Jesus. Seriously. I'm honoring them. We're working with our neighbors. We're having to redo their backyards. Because Mother Nature's washed our parking lot into their backyards. The true story. One of them twice. And thank God for Felix and Bob and Chet who are so Christ-like and kind and going, we'll fix it. Don't worry about it. And it's people who are in an Eastern religion. And we go, this isn't just about our parking lot and our mud in there. God might be working here. You know what I'm saying? And you go, Pastor Chuck, you just see everything all spiritual everything is spiritual you know for real and and so 
number of things. Our children were all in. We had a baby shower last week. So COVID, all kinds of stuff. Right now, I, I told my friends, I, I can't travel and speak. There's not grace on my life to speak in other churches right now. My church needs me. And I, I'm not all that, but the shepherd, we're in a season where people are enduring. And the enemy, Candace this week, we were talking over the weekend, just challenges, even marriage. In this marriage, and she said earlier in the week, just she goes, I just I realized it was a perfect storm. All this stuff hit me. And I was in it before I realized what was happening. That's how spiritual warfare is. Don't you wish God just sent you a text message? Get ready, here it comes. But it's like, he sends it late, and you go, oh. And now you got to go repent. And, you know. and she said, it was like a spirit came on. It. She shared with me specifically again this morning. And she said, Chuck, it was like a spirit just handicapped me. And I had to I had to pray, and I could feel it just just leave me. And she said, "I wish everybody knew how to deal with those type of attacks." Anybody ever been through one of those? I got a message a mentor, a guy coaching us from Dallas. He said, "There's a pastor just a couple miles from you. He and his wife are about to call it quits. He's tired and weary in ministry." She doesn't think she can make it in the marriage or the ministry. He said, will you reach out to him, you and Candace? And I'm like, we're having a bad week. Could you send somebody to help us? Isn't that how it comes? And you go, honey, we got it. I've told you all before. We, have, we don't have like, we have intense fellowship. We don't have arguments, you know. And we make up real well, I'll tell you that. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to get too personal. Well, I've already done it. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of people under attack. And you're here this morning to hear this last passage of Scripture. It's 1 John chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. How many, not just Jesus is a, good, a prophet or a good teacher. How many of you, like Simon Peter, go, he's the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living. How many have had that revelation? Jesus is the Son of God. How many have had that re revelation? Hold your hands up. Thank God for it. Okay, so you have been born of God. Now look, verse 4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith in the Messiah. We're born of God. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Are y'all out there this morning? How many of you now, turn and tell somebody, you're an overcomer. And I am too. Turn them. This is a room full of overcomers. Overcomers. What's an overcomer? It's somebody that can come up over an attack, a spiritual challenge, a dark season in Jesus' name. Speaking of dark seasons, Tom, would you come up here? 
Give Tom Michaels a hand right here, brothers and sisters. Um, Tom caught me Tuesday night after a prayer meeting. A um, couple years ago, I met you on a Tuesday night prayer meeting right over here, you and Sheila. And it was right after that, right after that, you got COVID and it almost took you out. And we prayed here. You were in the hospital. I mean, you were hanging by a thread. And here you are. And then the doctor tells you you've got... I had uh, throat cancer, uh, stage four, aggressive. And Tuesday night, you came and told me, Pastor Chuck, after all the... the treatments uh, Tuesday night the, uh, I told you that the, the doctor said that I am cancer free no cancer in my body Isn't that awesome Isn't that awesome praise the Lord and so father I pray for Tom's throat that you would restore him a hundred he's a singer he likes to sing he loves you I pray that you would restore his vocal cords not just back I pray Lord give him the vocal cords he had at 35 or 40 years old because now Lord we are overcoming the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of Tom's testimony we are encouraged in Jesus name come on somebody say amen amen, amen. hey you had one more thing else to say I uh, yes God healed me of throat cancer, and I will always give him the glory. I exalt thee, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, oh I exalt thee, I exalt thee, oh Lord. Come on, give him praise, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And may the enemy will try to tell you, you shouldn't have done that. You tell him, you are an overcomer. Revelation 12, that same passage that says Satan has saved his greatest fury for the last days, says You're, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the test, our testimony. Amen. Now listen, we're going to sing this song, take communion and go. Let, let that word of testimony be a release of faith in here. In the name, whatever you need, finances, health, relational, in the name of Jesus. There's some youngsters in here, some young adults. You've lost your way, your purpose, and you're wondering, am I even on God's radar? And he wants you to know, you are here this morning to hear this sermon so that faith can be increasing in your life. You're in overcome. You say, Pastor Chuck, this happened, this took me out. That happened, it took me out. No, you're an overcomer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lead us, Dean. Was a moment
For the earth began to shake and the veil was torn. What sacrifice was made as the heavens rose.
praise you, Jesus. The Last Supper, the last meal Jesus had with the disciples, he took a piece of bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. And it's not just a historical event that we recall. We appropriate what happened on the cross. It impacts our current reality. His body was broken, Isaiah 53 teaches, so that ours can be made whole. As we eat, let's remember and let's worship the King of glory. Thank you, Lord, for the atonement, what you accomplished on the cross. At the end of the meal, Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Listen, before you drink, I want to just, so many Christians spend their life trying to get free from what Jesus has already freed you from. The enemy comes to make you feel condemned, guilty. That divorce, that abortion, that thing, that bankruptcy, our failures. This is why the psalmist said, hear me, as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our... In Hebrew literature, as far as the east is from the west, was a term poetically used to describe infinity. Your sins, the scripture would say, he cast our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. God doesn't remember. Who are you to hold on? This is the radiance of what Jesus did on the cross. God paid a lot for you to be free from your past, young and old. 95% of Christians struggle in worship, still trying to pay God back for something he's already paid for. So when we drink, may the blood of Jesus wash you. The Bible says, though your sins be as scarlet, like red wine on a white pillowcase that Jesus makes white again. Oh, hallelujah. May we drink and be cleansed in Jesus' name. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. He loves you with an everlasting love. Oh, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God and that the scripture said is who we are can you just say thank you Lord oh we praise you Lord as I dismiss them I want you all to sing that again if you need prayer today I'm going to be down here I'm going to ask staff and elders if anybody needs prayer I just I feel such a in my spirit somebody you're an overcomer you haven't felt like it you thought, I don't know how much more I can take. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming 
Your morning is coming. Not M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Your M-O-R-N-I-N-G. How many of you know there's a big difference in the name of Jesus? You are loved. God is for you. If he's for you, no one can effectively be against you. Everybody look. Everything going on in the world, God is sovereign, in control. We're going to see some things, the prophecy said, things we hoped we'd never see and things we've dreamt we would see. How many of you know we've seen enough of stuff we hoped we'd never see? We got that part done. Amen? It's behind us. It's going to get better from here on out. We're going to see some stuff we've dreamt about seeing. How many of y'all agree in Jesus' name? Come on. Two or three agree on anything touching heaven. Let it be done. So as you leave today, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May lift up his countenance on you. We teach it. When you see him, when he sees you, you will have joy. That's what the word joy in the Bible is. It's when we see him, see us. May he lift his countenance up on you. And as a result of that experience, may you have peace. I just feel led right now. Would you, everybody in this room, just say, I have peace. I have peace that goes beyond all understanding, guards my heart and my mind, and guards how I think and how I feel. In Jesus' name. Everybody come on now say, I receive it. Bless you all. Have a good afternoon. I love you.